In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review, for the week ending February the 17th, well, a special master appointed by the U.S. Supreme Court did sign this past week with Georgia in that decades-old legal fight against Florida over water flow and to the Apalachicola River. Ralph Lancaster, the main lawyer appointed by the nation's highest court to oversee the case, said Florida did not prove by clear and convincing evidence that imposing a cap on Georgia's water use would provide a material benefit to Florida. He said because Florida has not met its burden, recommended that the court deny Florida's request for relief. The recommendation, which now heads on to the U.S. Supreme Court, is a result of that 2013 lawsuit filed by Florida alleging that Georgia diverted too much water from the Appalachicola-Chattahoochee-Flint River system and that the diversions have damaged the Appalachicola Bay and Franklin County seafood industry. Well, the Beef Tenderness Survey, which is an effort through the National Beef Checkoff Program, took place once again. And according to Dr. Dwayne Johnson, professor of meat science at the University of Florida, this survey takes place about every five years. We participated at the University of Florida with the National Beef Tenderness Survey that is conducted about once every five years. The first one was done in 1990, and the one that we've just completed and have the latest results with the fifth survey that was designed to get a snapshot in time of kind of where we are as far as tenderness of our product at retail and also food service so we could have a measure of kind of the job that we're doing in the industry. And Dr. Johnson says overall this survey shows good results for the beef industry. This year one of the exciting results is that since the uh, 1999 study, we've shown an 18% improvement in tenderness levels, and most steaks that were evaluated were evaluated as tender, so there's still some places that were shown that we need to work, but in overall, we're kind of, looks like we're moving in the right direction, and so that's a very positive thing. Again, that's Dr. Dwayne Johnson with the University of Florida. Well, the latest peanut stocks and processing report has an update concerning where stocks currently stand. With more on that, here's Tyron Spearman. USDA has released the latest on the crop production in peanut stocks and processing. This is for the month of February. Only change from January was an increase in imports. The U.S. crop now is estimated from last year as 2,842,500 tons. Uh, At one time, it was estimated to be 3.1 million metric tons, but we'll never make it that many. USDA says the harvested acres, 1,547,000 acres, and we only averaged 3,675 pounds of peanuts per acre. Last year, we averaged 3,845 pounds, and the year before that, 3,900 pounds. So the average yield is going down, mainly caused by hurricanes last year in the vc area and the drought in the southeast now the end in stocks are carried forward for the new season is only 846,500 tons that is back into what most analysts agree is the amount it takes about 250,000 tons per month uh, to go from august to the new shelling season so that's going to make the peanut supply tight this coming year Domestic food use for peanuts is predicted to increase 1.9%, according to USDA. Right now, we're running up 1.5%. Exports are predicted to be down 13%, but the present levels are up 126 That's August through December of 2016. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. 
In other news, agricultural groups did respond late this week after the U.S. Senate confirmation of Scott Pruitt to be the next administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. One of those was Zippy Duval, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. In a release, he said Scott Pruitt's confirmation to lead the Environmental Protection Agency will bring a breath of fresh air to the post. America's farmers and ranchers look forward to working with Administrator Pruitt as he leads the EPA with a welcome level of common sense in the important job of protecting the environment. Well, Kathy Isom tells us this week why many are thinking about cherry pie this time of the year. President's Day is celebrated every third Monday in February to recognize President George Washington. The day is officially called Washington's Birthday by the federal government, even though it's still a couple of days away. And it's also now called National Cherry Pie Day. And it only seems appropriate since we are well aware of the story of President Washington and his cherry tree. It's believed that pies arrived in the U.S. with the first English settlers back in the 1600s. They cooked their pies in long, narrow pans. The crust was often not eaten and served only to hold the filling during baking. The first cherry pie, as legend says, was invented by Queen Elizabeth. There are currently more than a thousand varieties of cherries in the U.S., and more than 70% of cherries produced are grown in the Northwest. While apple pie is still America's favorite pie, cherry is a close second. But in February, cherry is the number one pie. Now, not all past American presidents were big fans of cherry pie. President Pierce preferred fried pies. President Grant was a fan of Boston cream pie, while Hoover preferred peach pie, and pecan pie was Johnson's favorite. Of course, President Carter was a big fan of peanut butter pie, and President Barack Obama had a love for crustless coconut pie. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about the food labeling law not helping the public's purchasing habits. Are you really aware of what you're eating? Surely you know if it's a burger or a pork chop, but I mean, what's in the food you're eating? All you have to do is look at the nutritional data that is required by law to be posted. That law has been in effect since 2010, but it alerts you to the fat content, the caloric count, or several other food facts that are designed to help you be healthier. But here's something to think about. Does it do any good to have that information posted? A study by a major university showed that not more than 8 out of 100 customers even bothered to read that information. And get this, only 2 out of that 8 considered it when they placed their order. 98 out of 100 are going to order their pizza the way they like it. So what good is that information? And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. All of those stories and more from this past week can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.